When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five, four, three, two, one. Chant TV. Balls McWednesday to each and every one of you. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. Director Matthew in the house. Tom in New York City, but joins us. There he is. There he is. Hey, buddy. I see you. Uh, and we're rolling on. What a win. A sweep of Notre Dame. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's where I have to go, right? By the way, on Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. And uh, hello, everybody in the chat. Hello, everybody driving around town. Hope you're well. Hope everybody's feeling good. I feel good. I feel good today. I, you know, I did I did something, Tom. First of all, I, I think your trip to New York City, uh, the flight there today was was solid. You're good. You, you, look, you look healthy. You look happy. You look uh, raring to go. Hey, he's, hey, muted. he's muted. There he is. There he is. He's still, he's still muted. muted. We'll get we'll – get, we'll get, we'll get, it's, it's not, not good, good to go. To go. <laughs> And I'm hearing an echo in me. All right. All right. It's off the rails to start the show. I'll do this. I'll do this. We'll get him situated. But first, let me do this. Florida State got the win against Notre Dame last night, and I watched that and another basketball game. I'm trying. Guys, I am trying. But let me first note, because I'm going to circle back to one of the other basketball games because it'll make you laugh. Florida State's 4-4 and in the ACC, 6-13. and They're not good. But if you think about this, before the game last night, they were winless on the road. Hell, they were winless in neutral site games to boot. All five of their previous victories, as noted in Irish story on warchant.com, but certainly something I was painfully aware of going into the game, had come at the uh, TLC double C. And, uh, they got a real road win, an honest-to-goodness road win, and while they're not good, nobody's going to make the argument that they are. In fact, if you really want to look at it and where they're at, FSU's four ACC wins have come against teams who are a combined 2-21 and 21 in league play. Woo! Now, that said, when you consider that 
Their first eight games, Florida State was one and seven. They lost to Stetson and Troy and Siena. They weren't competitive against anybody. So why do I bring it up? Well, I bring it up because the season was lost in the first 10 games, and you really could have seen an unmitigated disaster from an effort standpoint, and we're not getting that. So you don't get a that a boy for uh, competing. You, you, you should compete. But it is noted at the very least that they have fought and they've gotten better uh, there are only a couple bad teams really left on the schedule right now at Louisville February the 4th versus Boston College on February the 18th. But we do play Virginia Tech on March 4th. Um, the Hokies are, are decent, even though they're one and five in the ACC currently. So if you're just looking at the if you're looking at the schedule, you're thinking, what other wins are there? Well, you have 12 remaining games in the regular season right now. And you're trying to get. You know, you got to get some wins over the nine ACC teams currently above them in the standings, all with winning records in the conference. And that would include, by the way, the ever-elusive and perhaps for the first time while on these airwaves, a celebratory moment of the Platinum Bohica matchup with number 17 Miami, who, by the way, is 15-3 and 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 6-2 in the ACC. That game will be at the TLC Double C on January the 24th if you wanted to circle your calendars and pick a game. It could it it it's still there. We could get there. Dare to dream. Dare to dream, guys. It's doubtful. I I'm I'm with you on that. But Florida State gets the win last night. And uh, on that note, you know, you think about this. I'm looking at a little, really balanced scoring lineup last night with Dennis Green Jr. twenty points, fifteen in the first half. Jalen Worley, who's not very good, had 17 points. Matthew Cleveland, who's a machine these days, his eighth consecutive double-double, 14 points, 16 rebounds. First player, by the way, for FSU to record that many consecutive double-doubles since a glorious year. 1971, the year I was born. First Noel to do it. Eight consecutive double-doubles with 14 points and 16 rebounds last night. Eight consecutive first to do that since 1971. Congratulations go out to Matthew Cleveland because when you think about it, think about how poor his season began. It is something to note. Again, Florida State's 4-4 and in the ACC, 6-13 and overall. Had gone winless. All five of the previous victories had come right there at the Tucker Center. So, uh, we we get some good news there. We get we get something of a reprieve from the nightmare that has been um, these games with Florida State on the hardwood and the season that you never want to see Ham have, especially towards the end of a career. We were asked several questions yesterday during some of the headlines about who would replace Leonard Hamilton, whether he leaves at the end of this year, the end of the following year. Look, there's one thing that cannot be debated. I remember this. I, I'm going to go back a ways now. I remember when uh, I was talking initially – before we flat out had to say it. Uh, But initially, going back with Coach Bowden, I remember thinking, okay, well, the time is upon us. When you're unable to do – when you're unable to put your guys in a position to succeed consistently or there are problems within the staff or the product is beginning to diminish, oftentimes it's all three of these indicators that you'll note. You want to get out in front of it. Now, when you have a legend that's coaching, you, you, you don't race to fire that guy, especially not one 
uh, like Bobby Bowden. So you're not gonna you're not gonna race to fire that guy. And that was the, that was the duly noted even back in the day before all the controversy when I first started in radio and after a while started to suggest that they needed to move on from Bobby Bowden, which was met with a lot of uh, obviously acrimony. Okay, we're not gonna relitigate all that. My point is I want I want to put you in the headspace of where we're dealing with something in which. It's uncomfortable, and a lot of Florida State fans suggested as much yesterday on Seminole Headlines when they asked the question, how much longer does Leonard Hamilton have left? I don't know the answer to that question, but here's what I do know. Just like with Coach Bowden, uh, and, and it's not the same. I understand Bobby Bowden uh, won, won a couple of national titles <laughs> to, to go along with. What, I, what I'm saying, though, is when you have a beloved uh, leader of men uh, and a man that, in the case of Leonard Hamilton, winningest coach in program history, all these things, the same sort of consideration is at hand where you try to figure out the path or what does it look like, and it's it's often untenable, the situation. It's often very difficult to even have the conversation makes people feel very uncomfortable. Got it. But here's what's not uh, uncomfortable. Here's what's just a fact. Here's something that's irrefutable. Uh, Leonard Hamilton is not a young man, just like Bobby Bowden was not a young man when we were having these conversations. We're not talking about a guy that's 43 that's going to turn it around with a lot of hard work and uh, longer days at the office. We're talking about guys that are on the back end of their career if you're just putting it nicely. We're at the, the, the tail end is a better way of saying it. So you have to, by definition, be looking for his replacement, whether that is next year, the year after, the year after, is irrelevant. It's not germane to the conversation. It's just a must for an athletic director and for a program that obviously is going to continue on after he leaves. And you would begin to ask the question, who is the person that you would tab? Where is Florida State's basketball program at? Well, it's a far cry better uh, It's at a far cry better place now than it was before him. But that said, what is reasonable to expect about what you could get? Has it elevated to a place where there would be significant names Names that you know of, guys that are established, successful coaches. College basketball is weird anyhow. If you look around college basketball, you have countless examples where guys succeeded at a very high level, say at mid-majors. We do this all the time, right? Who's the next hot prospect? Who's the guy? Well, Steve Robinson was that guy when he's at Tulsa, for Christ's sake. Everybody thought, can't miss, can't miss. Look at this guy. He's got Tulsa into the dance. Got to bring him in. Steve was miserable. And I liked Steve. He was a super nice guy. He always came on the show. And even though he was sort of deadpan and boring, he was a super nice guy to talk to. And he cared deeply. And he sucked here. It was awful. I used to have to go on the air every morning. This is back when I was doing mornings. I'm like, oh, man, I got to talk about another road loss. We haven't won a road game in two years. There's no nice way to say, well, hang in there, Steve. (laughs) We're going to get you one at some point. The res zone and all that nonsense. It was brutal. My point is, you can go through. A, everybody thought Mike White was going to work out in Florida. Didn't work out in Florida. All kinds of resources and cachet in Florida. He was terrible. He's doing all right at Georgia. How, who, go figure. College basketball's weird. I don't know the answer to the question, and I would think that it would probably be something along the lines of, I don't know, see why. I'm in the assistant with Gates at Mizzou. You're not going to get Gates now that he's getting SEC money. Uh, You're not going to be able to bring him back. You're going to have to find some. I I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question. But it's 
it's really on the minds of a lot of people who are saddened to see the kind of season the Florida State's having. And there's a way to talk about it. It's uncomfortable, but there's a way to do it. And um, temporarily, last night, you had a reprieve from that conversation, which is that Florida State won. Is Tom with us? I am with you. Loud and clear, louder than ever. Loud. There we go. All right. So these are the first words spoken on the JCS from Manhattan. Is, is that is that a fact? Uh, the history of the show. When, when I went to Manhattan, I don't remember doing a show. Did I check right. in? I think it probably is. I may have checked in. Uh, so, but yeah. What I'd say about the current situation is, circumstances show you before and after what this program, what this team could have been this year, which is, I think, upper echelon in the ACC if they had all the pieces and if they were able to develop as the plan should have gone, injury-free, suspension-free. They're 500 in the ACC as it is with all the problems that they've had and Baba Miller not able to join the fray out the gate. And you're still that still looks very disjointed. Like early on last night, you see the possession where he jacks up a three from 25 feet Next possession, it's a little mid-range leaner, and it's absolutely perfect and smooth and silky. And you say, all right, you could see what he does well and what he's struggling with. They should have been able to figure that out in November. They should have been able to figure that out in December and win some games while they were doing it against teams that they should have beaten. And at that point, the record would be in a much more healthy place, and they would be a tournament contender this season. It doesn't excuse away this string of getting worse as a program, but I think this individual season would have been better if not for the circumstances. So for me, when I talk about the basketball program, I'm looking to see how they continue to compete in the ACC this year. I'm really hoping that Darren Green comes back next season. He's listed as a junior on the website. And if we had a guy like that on some of the teams that were good in the last five years, that's 40% from three. I mean, that would have put us – every time we heard about somebody who could really shoot, they were streaky. Yeah. This guy's just playing yeah, he crazy. Can he can really shoot. He was 4 of 8 last night again. He can shoot it, yeah. Well, And as you're asserting yourself to that humongous lead in the first eight minutes of the game, it's all Darren Green. Mm-hmm. It's with the four threes. It's with being fouled on a three-point attempt. Uh, and, and then there's also – he's got some mid-range game to him, tough shots, doesn't matter. That guy's a scorer. I want to see him with a couple more pieces that are healthy – and as this whole thing was constructed or intended to be constructed, and I think next year this could be a decent team again, it's in a much better position at that point to hand it off for two reasons. Number one, the lay of the land with NIL will have settled a little bit more a year from now. That's good that you're bringing that up, Tom, because I'm going to talk some NIL and this Florida fiasco and what it means and also big picture stuff, so please proceed. Well, if you do that and then you stabilize, you stop the bleeding as a program by that point, then I think you're at least on on some more solid ground to make a decision. Right now, it just feels like everything's topsy-turvy from the roster, the injuries, the suspension, but then also the world of college basketball, the world of college sports. It's hard to know, in short, what this program can be right now, but maybe a year from now, Leonard can steer the ship to a little bit more of a calmer place before we make the change. Yeah, well, okay, so that is an ideal set of circumstances that you're you're positing. I would, too, like to see that. Who wouldn't, right, if you care about Florida State and you love Leonard Hamilton, the man, and, and the success he's had and all these things that we are well aware of. I don't know that it's going to happen, Tom. I think it remains in in question. I'm, I'm worried about it for his sake. Um, I do know that it, it can't be allowed to linger. Uh, you don't want to go three and four and five years of losing, and, and that's where – 
Uh, we remain true to the task here. Uh, you are not a victim of your successes, uh, but you are held accountable when they begin to fall off. And so this will be two straight bad years. Last year sucked. I understand the reasons. We could get through point by point. We could go through them all. This year's going to suck, period. I, at best, what, do they win 10 games? Maybe. So, again, this is back-to-back terrible years. I don't think that next year, even with all of the people that you're describing coming back, perhaps that they're going to be any kind of a juggernaut or elite in any way. Uh, they may be a middle-of-the-pack ACC team at best. Uh, so I do worry about it, but you're right. That is the best-case scenario that it, you don't have the man leave on a losing season, that he, he writes the ship, you make the tournament, even if you get bounced in the first round or something, you, you wave goodbye and say it's been fun, and we, and we celebrate you the way that it should be. That, that's ideal. As opposed to what we so often see and we've seen here is people holding on, holding on, holding on, and there's just always the hope about next year, and then it doesn't happen, and then the infighting occurs, and it gets ugly, and what to do, and uh, reputations are besmirched, and it's just that nobody likes to see any of that. Yeah, agreed. And, and look, it helps that you played Louisville and Notre Dame twice in your first eight games in ACC play if you're talking about building a record. But I think this potentially is a middle-of-the-pack ACC team this year. And they're missing one of the key cogs in their rotation, what, what would have been their best rebounder and defender. And they're still, they've still got to figure out. It might take another two to three weeks before they realize what Baba Miller needs to be in the half court offensively for us. It's just it's a disastrous set of circumstances. I think they have enough in the way of cachet uh, and enough clout on the recruiting trail, even still, to stabilize the situation. It just everything feels very unstable right now. Some of that is in their control. They were soft last year. I ripped them for that. They were. And there are times this year where they look like they don't have much of leadership in the way of leadership on the court either. That's problematic, and it insults the Trent Forrest and Terrence Manns of the world that helped take this Leonard 2.0 place or, or program to a completely higher place. But at the same time, these are strange circumstances and strange times in college basketball. So I would rather just make a decision about the future of the program not immediately. I want to see how this all shifts a little bit. And while we're doing that, we watch a football program that has come back from the dead. So that's a good thing. Well, and, and what we talked about some yesterday, Corey and I were talking about this. One of the things that's sad is that uh, when when the football program was lost at sea and uh, we were all in a, in a rather helpless uh, pose on a daily basis, uh, we turned to basketball to help uh, lift us up, and it did. Uh, and so luckily football has now risen back to its rightful place, but uh, we're going to need something to give us hope again on the hardwood. By the way, but last night, Baba Miller, four points, two of four from the field, did have six rebounds in 18 minutes, and I thought the ball moved better on the offensive end when he was in the game. So I think he's got a high basketball IQ. I think it's obvious when he's on the floor. Uh, so we'll see how much better he makes this team in the games moving forward. All right, so by the way, opening day is less than a month away. I noted that as far as uh, FSU baseball. Some of you asked about that yesterday. That Florida fiasco has shined a light on collectives in the NIL and what's going to happen in big-time college football moving forward. I have some thoughts on that. Uh, did a deep dive uh, in, that, in that situation regarding that situation, but also called around to some people who would be in the know uh, and and where they think this is headed, and it's interesting. I, I will bring that up here in a moment. Also, uh, we haven't had a chance to talk, Tom, about uh, uh, the end of the Bucks run, uh, disastrous as it was. I think that'll put a ribbon on things with me and my mom. I told you, it's that's the end of that. <laughs> We're done. But moreover, Jacksonville, 
I didn't get to celebrate the butts properly. And a disastrous probably end to Staley's career has to be. I mean, like, I don't think NFL coaches, and I'm going to bring this up before we go to break, but I do this all the time, and I know college coaches do it because I've talked to them. But sometimes I wonder if NFL coaches do it, which I find absolutely baffling, and how they don't have somebody in their ear telling them in case they forget, because I understand you can get swamped. Count possessions. If you are up 27 to nothing, quickly begin to count possessions. It will give you the answer. It will tell you how it is you are not going to blow this game. Count possessions. You can't account for everything. Guys do just drop balls and they get tipped up in the air and people pick them off and run them back to the house. And you have to give up a special teams touchdown and sometimes your running back fumbles inexplicably and it's scooped and scored and all of a sudden the math on possessions changes. But if things remain fairly standard, count possessions and it's impossible to lose a 27 to nothing lead near halftime. It's almost impossible, the almost being the exception that was that game the other night. Seems like Staley's going to survive, though. I don't they know fired how. Lombardi. I know. I Well, one of the reasons that he'll survive is because the Chargers, like no other organization, are fond of keeping deadbeat sorry coaches around. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. A 
Chef Cameron Show on a Balls Big Wednesday. Appreciate you joining us. What's up? Tom's in New York. I'm here in good old Tallahassee, and we're chit-chatting. Which, before I get into talk of the collectives, NIL, the nightmarish situation that the University of Florida is dealing with. Oh, what a shame. Uh, the Jaden Rashada situation who, uh, well, originally signed with Florida, what, December 21st, didn't report to campus last week. Things continued, and now we're in the situation we're in, and people want to know, well, what happened there? Because I don't want it to happen here. And to me, while it is fun to engage in schadenfreude uh, and watch Florida look terrible in the eyes of probably recruits everywhere, um, and that's that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. Uh, I do think about the bigger picture stuff, and I'm going to talk about it in a, in a second. But, uh, Tom, I mentioned this at the outset that I efforted to watch college basketball last night a little bit more. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. And obviously we had our game, but Kansas State upset Kansas last night. And the reason I bring this up is not to break down that game. Don't get nervous. I'm not breaking down Kansas State, Kansas, the overtime victory for Kansas State. That's not what I'm doing. Not here on the Jeff Cameron Show breaking down a regular season college basketball game. Not doing it. They cannibalized the regular season throughout college basketball, making most of that year absolutely worthless anyhow. And the product sucks. But I watched last night. That was a good game, 83-82 over, in overtime. Had the little alley-oop dunk. Keontae Johnson rolling to the basket on his head. Tom, I don't know if you saw it. It was beautiful. Yeah, there it is. So here, here's – I don't care that he scored, Johnson – Final five points for Kansas State. Gets the win. Ten-game uh, winning streak is no more for the Jayhawks. No, no. I zeroed in on one of the original wigs. One of the original weaves. One of the original toupees of the Jeff Cameron show. Now, there have been many well-documented moments over the years in which Detective Cameron sauntered into the studio with news for all, and that was that so-and-so was, in fact, wearing a wig. Perhaps the most notable of which was Tom Brady when I began to tell people long before anybody else suspected, we've got some shenanigans going on up there in New England. There's shenanigans. Which is a great pun because you said we've got some shenanigans going on in New England. That is next level in the pun game. I'm glad you like that. I'm going to let you know I don't recall the first to make the show. There were so many over the years that my keen powers of observation as somebody who went bald, wanting to engage in another form of schadenfreude aforementioned, while watching others begin to recede and know that their time is limited. And I looked closely, and way back when, it was Bill Self that came to mind. And I found this out, guys, so I'm going to do two things here for you. First of all, there's a website. I've never heard of this website. I discovered it today because I was looking for an image of Bill Self's wig that I was going to give Matthew to put up on the on the chat. Uh, it's it's extraordinary. It's he's gone to great lengths. He is, I mean, this is this is getting up there amongst the best of all time. And I'm talking about best wigs, as in worst wigs, but also a willingness to engage, a willingness to 
wear the shame in such a in-your-face fashion as to <laughs> cry out, look at this thing, everybody. Look at this thing. And self has taken it to a new place. But as I searched for the image this morning so I could hand this over to Matthew, there's a website called Fan Buzz. I stumbled across it because I typed into Google uh, Bill's self wig. And, uh, and, and one of the articles that came up was Fan Buzz. And this guy, whoever wrote this article, was just now positing the question, does Bill Self wear a wig? Something doesn't seem right. Sir, get out the game. This is not for you. You've got to do better. Does Bill Self wear a wig? What the hell are you talking about? He might as well have just put moss on his head for you to figure this out. What are you doing? It's insane the wig he wears. We've been talking about Bill Self's wig since the early aughts. Bill Self started weaving back when he was a graduate of Oklahoma State before he ever became a mainstream elite-level cheater at the college level, across-the-board cheater at the college level. Hair and on the floor, recruiting and the like. But that wig is, there's no shame. This did it. Go look at this thing that he's wearing last night. It's, a, it's, it's gone from black to a, a weird shade of reddish brown. It's even thicker than it was three years ago, which people know doesn't happen. You don't get more hair as you age, and it doesn't get darker. Look at that thing. Look at that hair. If you're looking in the chat right now, you are seeing a man committed. A man who's decided, I don't care that you know. Look at this thing, guys. Two years from now, if this is the progression we're going on, he's going to have Matthew McConaughey's hair. He's going to be sitting at the dais with a straight face doing interviews with Matthew McConaughey's hair. Like it's totally normal. <laughs> what, what, my hair? No, this is a natural color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's. I never used to grow it out, but uh, I decided to grow it out. Uh, I'm not going to – okay, you got me. A little just for men on the sides. little just for yeah. men on the sides. But other than that, it's really just the natural. I decided to let it flow. It's like Coach K being jet black hair, and he's older than Santa Claus. You know, like that's the coloring game. But then this one, I always appreciate when it gets to that copper color. Phil Mickelson – had deviated to the copper color as he was going thin up top. Mm, mm. He was still wearing the visor. Yeah. It's the it's the color of bracelet that every PGA Tour player wore from 1996 to about 2000. That's the specific color. I think it's PGA Tour bracelet brown. That's what they're going with when they get when they tell the big lie. What's weird is that if you can afford the best of the best, which would be the McConaughey or the Brady those are the two best wigs running. I mean, if you didn't have my keen powers of observation for those that have bal been balding and suddenly are not or didn't pay attention to such things because perhaps yourself you were never losing your hair and you didn't think to look, you might, you might be fooled. You might be fooled by some of these. But when it gets to this level, like, look, look, how, look how he's bald in an 03. That's o is that 03? He's bald in 03. He's got this thick brown. I mean, just let it flow, baby. Go all in. 
I'm going to start wearing the Costanza wig. Like I'm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you got to be. You got to do Joe Pesci and my cousin Vinny. You know that's the lie you want to tell. He in two two movies he did in sequence were uh, Goodfellas, which that tells a huge lie too. Yeah, of course. And then he wanted to do Home Alone because he wanted something that his kids could watch that he did instead of a bunch of f bombs left and right. And in Home Alone, he's got the shaved head with the with the like the spear point. Yeah, there's nothing there. But then these other movies, I mean, it is the Costanza. It's something absolutely ridiculous. And I think it would be awesome if one year we do have a follow up on say Halloween where you break it out and we've got a Halloween show yeah. and you just go with the full on nineties mullet, George Costanza. Like, I don't care about being bald guys. I am bald. I shave my head. You can say I have hair, but it would be all patchy up there if I didn't shave it. So I have to shave it. There's no, it's, this isn't jealousy. This is, this is me saying, stop living that lie. This is me saying, be who you are. Now, I'm going to forgive Hollywood actors who have to engage in different roles and look different ways to fulfill parts. Okay, fine. Fine. If you got to be, like, if your thing is that you are, like, for a long time, before McConaughey took a right turn and started doing real movies, he was just in every rom-com under the sun and had to be the, you know, the boy toy guy. I guess he had to get the weave, had to get the lion's mane, had to do it in order to fulfill that fantasy for women out there going to the movies. I guess. But, man, Bill Self, you're a fat basketball coach. Stop it. Just go be your bald-ass self. Copper red. What? <laughs> that was the highlight of an overtime game last night. was me, hyper-focused. I was Leonardo DiCaprio on the couch, the meme jumping up, pointing to the TV. Look at that thing. Look at it. It's gotten worse. It's Retief Goosen Copper Brown. Retief Goosen Copper Brown Bracelet. That is the color. By the way, uh, Retief had, that was real hair. Oh, yeah. No, no. He had real hair. I'm just saying the bracelet he wore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What do collectives have to have to succeed? As all of you scream out, money! I'll concede that is first and foremost, but there's a lot more. The Rashada situation is teaching us a lot. Luckily, at Florida's expense. I'll expound. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk, Radio, War Chant, TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show rolling on 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Good song. Yeah, Jacob, that was. That was, in fact, another tease. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely capable, Jacob. I understand structurally how it's supposed to go, at least the old-timey ways of doing radio. I just hate it. Also, since you asked another question, I'll answer that while we're at it. If FSU wins the ACC championship next year, will Jeff rock a genuine toupee live on the air? Sure. Sure. 
Um, I'm trying to think of what kind of a toupee. I, where, I don't even know. Where do you get a toupee? I don't know the answer to these things. Uh, obviously, you could get the kind of silly, over-the-top, rock-and-roll hair toupees that everybody can gain access to when it's Halloween. But I, 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 you want a real toupee, like a good one. Like we're going to do the glue and all the stuff. You know, I used to <laughs> I used to take the pictures, and uh, Tom was so scared that I took a picture of that mobster out in L.A. That uh, that oh guy. Yeah, I still have that picture. I posted it like two years ago on Twitter, and you were like, Jeff, take it down. Yeah, that guy had murdered people. Like there's, there's no question in my mind. But he... He was not worried about the obvious, obvious attempt at uh, <laughs> changing his appearance. Sir, I apologize to you that that photo still exists on the Internet. Please do not come for me. Search for Jeff, <laughs> that guy's, not me. That guy's the, dead. Uh, it's possible. Yeah. Maybe not by natural means. Maybe somebody finally found him. That I was very aggressive in my effort to take that photo is what I think concerned you. I was very aggressive. I was going to get this thing documented. We were in Los Angeles. Uh, we were at the In-N-Out Burger, and the guy turned, and he had those shades to go with it. He had the Carl Ravitch, only it was a different color. He had the Carl, Carl Ravitch hair. His pants were too tight. He had the pinky ring. He he looked. He had a bracelet. The man was wearing a bracelet and a necklace. It was ridiculous. His shirt was unbuttoned. I was like, I have got to take this picture. Well, because he also looked like he was melting. You know, he looked like a combination <laughs> between a mobster and and the enemy in Hannibal, the the second movie yeah. with with yeah. uh, Anthony Hopkins. Like that guy is just like deformed. I mean, that was. And he, and you said something to Kenzie, get a load of this before oh, you yeah, took the photo. I, I'm oh, like, I was, dude, I was stunned. That that is so loud. Please. I, I did. I blurted it out. I go, look at that guy. I couldn't believe it. It was my dream come true. I did, and I'm loud. And 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 Tom immediately was like, oh man, looked away. Like, oh man, I got him by the soda fountain. He was pinned. Well. And it wasn't like the the Steve Spurrier one, you know, where somebody got him at the uh, fast food place the mm-hmm. day after a game, and he looked like he had had a good time the night before. Like this was an extremely crowded fast food restaurant. So when you said, "Look at that guy," there's like <laughs> ten people around us that are like, "Now yes. they're looking at that guy too." Yeah, they had to have been like, "Good call, sir. Thank you for drawing my attention to this wackadoo." Hey, here we go. So. You guys have been following the situation. I want to begin this conversation. Four-star quarterback, Jaden Rashada. He's the kid that Florida tried to sign, give a bunch of money to. He originally signed with Miami. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. Originally signed with not Miami for somewhere in the neighborhood of $9 million. $9 million Ruiz allegedly was going to pay him. Then like a day later, went, no, nah, no, I'm going to go ahead and go to – quite literally it was uh, like – like it's. well, no, it wasn't a day later. Sorry, it was uh, November the 10th he flipped to Florida – and uh, that was alleged to be because he got more money. So here's this California kid uh, who is, is uh, you know, I mean, he, he's a highly rated number 56 prospect or thereabouts quarterback. Not a can't miss. But he ends up, um, he ends up choosing Miami, then deciding to go to Florida. All right, fast forward, because this is all that any of you care about. And that is that. Allegedly, that deal was worth $13 million. 
Now, I've gone through and talked to a lot of people familiar with Florida's Collective, and there's an argument about whether it was just north of $9 million or whether or not there was the added year, which would take it to $13 million. It doesn't really matter. What matters now is that this thing fell to pieces. And it got me thinking that not only does that look terrible for them, it does speak to sort of an uneasiness that administrations have with collectives, if not done correctly. It does speak to a lack of organization. It does speak to real problems for the University of Florida, most importantly for Coach Napier, who's off to a very, very rocky start. Tragic. But that said, I wondered, I wanted to know, what is the most important thing beyond money that a collective has to be capable of? So you're going to start with the first answer is 1, 1A, one 1B, one 1C, one 1D, uh, as many as you want, 1 through 5 of the first 10. It is money. You have to have the money to offer the kids. Got it. Everybody understands that. We're all on the same playing field here. You got to have some cash to disperse amongst the players. Got it. But I think from there, it's getting interesting because if you read into that Florida situation, there are competing elements of the collective. There are separate collectives. There are egos everywhere, and that's where I want to start. You have to have an organization that is egoless. You have to have an organization that's buttoned up, organized, and egoless. You don't need three and four people wanting credit. Three and four people deciding, I want to be known, a la Ruiz at Miami, as the guy who is standing next to the recruit before he ever steps foot on campus that I just signed. I don't need that. You don't want that. You want this to be a buttoned-up, behind-the-scenes organization. Oh, sure, people are going to know what your firm or your collective, if you will, does, and they might know that, for example, every time a kid signs, he'll post something on his Instagram or Twitter account that says that he has signed with the battle's end. But that is the extent, and I'm using them as an example, whether you want to use them or Rising Spirit, whatever you want to do, the point is, Yes, you want to have a collective that is organized. Yes, you want to have a collective that's active, that has the money to do what is necessary to lure players, retain players, create stability, have it be a place desirous to recruits in the future because they know there's opportunities in the NIL world. You want all those things, but you don't want an out-front, look-at-me kind of guy battling with two and three and four other out front, look at me kind of guys or gals. You want that to be a behind-the-scenes understanding of the way that we operate. You also need sustainability. So the next thing you're going to hear about in the NIL world, besides the need for some unilateral changes and parameters with which all schools are going to operate, is can the collective find a way to be sustainable. Because while initially you may have a guy that is tired of seeing his university struggle on the football field, and he might have more money than sense, and he might decide, all right, this is kind of fun, screw it. I'll stroke the check for $10 million for our new roster, $15 million in total for our new roster, perhaps. But he or she is not going to do it year over year over year. It's a stupid investment. No, 
you've got to find a way to make it sustainable. And I suspect we're going to see collectives and the monies that are collected moving forward in order to disperse take the form of endowments. You have to have cooperative relationships and clear direction in the space. You've got to know what the university's expectations are, what the coaching staff's expectations are. We can pretend that they don't actually talk and figure out the game plan, but we all know that they do. You have to be on the same page. You can't have a situation where the agreed-upon price for player A is $100,000, and then Jerry decides he doesn't want to be part of the collective, but he does want to be part of the process of seeing his team turn the corner, and he wants credit for it, so he's going to offer that player $9 million. Now we have a problem on our hands. Lawsuits to follow, no doubt. Got to be organized. It has to be sustainable, and you'd prefer it to be behind the scenes and egoless. You can't have competing forces within the collective realm. There can be more than one collective. They can't be competing collectives. And finally, and most importantly, this gets back to the sustainability. It has to be more than just a check. And I think we're going to learn, and there are some things I certainly know about currently that make me very, very happy with the direction of Florida State's collective collectives. And that is that it's more than I'll give you money. It's more than here is cash to come play. It's, do you know how to use this? Do you have access to information? Do you have access to expertise? It's one thing to give a kid $100,000. It's another to teach them how far that money can go and how it could set them up for the future if they never make a dime playing professional football. It's what keeps a kid who stumbles into money for the first time in his life from going to the local car lot and buying a $100,000 car with the $100,000 he just got, which is the totality of what he's going to get, and instead maybe buying a $40,000 car or a $20,000 car or not a car at all. You've got to have the tools to teach in place and experts that are willing to do it. Once again, it has to be more than a check. Presumably, you'd like to have a good relationship with the university higher-ups. That may take time. There's a lot of confusion in this realm. Florida, for example, University of, doesn't like their collective, doesn't like the people involved. They can't tell you that, but they don't. And it's happened before the Rashada situation. And now it's gotten uglier. That animosity, that acrimony is only growing. Good. Screw them. Hopefully they suck for years. Let's just hope it doesn't happen to us. So far, Florida State's off to a really good start in this realm. Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.